0: chapter 20 of the boy scouts in the main woods this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by debbie r baker robinson the boy scouts in the main woods by herbert carter the long vigil of a scout It really looked to Bumpus as though sooner or later they must come to climbing a tree, no matter how cold they found it on such a perch. And as it would presently be dark, since night was rapidly coming on, he wondered whether he would not be showing good judgment in selecting the proper kind of a tree while there was enough light to see by. But before he started to look around him, he thought it worthwhile to ascertain how his companion was doing, Although, to tell the truth, Bumpus did not have the slightest hope of any good news. Ain't you gettin anywhere yet, giraffe? he asked as he rose clumsily and warily to his feet, for his short legs felt very stiff after resting so long. The other gave a grunt as he replied, Oh, don't bother me with such silly questions, Bumpus. You make me think of that story of Bluebeard, where the old fellers a waitin' for his last wife to come down and get her head taken off and she keeps calling to her sister, who's in the lookout tower. Sister Anne, Sister Anne, don't you see anything coming? But I want to know before I, began Bumpus, when the other interrupted him. You will know it all right if I get it. But you keep away from me, Bumpus. Once before, you fell all over me just when I was on the point of grabbing a spark. If you know what's good for you, keep clear of me now. I'm desperately in earnest, I tell you. So be warned, Bumpus. The fat scout realized that if he knew what was good for him, he had better give Giraffe a wide berth while he was strumming away with his old fiddle as some of the boys sneeringly described the fire outfit that continually refused to fire even a little bit. I'm going to look for a good tree, he said. All right, go and climb up in it, good and hard, Giraffe answered pettishly. But unless you want to get lost, don't you dare go out of sight of this place. Call if you lose sight of me, Bumpus, do you hear? I don't want Tad to say I didn't keep an eye on you, but this is a business that must be attended to. All the while he was sawing away as if his very life depended upon bringing the ordeal to a successful termination, and possibly Giraffe thought it did. So Bumpus began to look around him. He realized that the tall pines were rather out of the question so far as affording them a chance to climb up and that he must find some tree of a different type with low branches it was not hard to find such a retreat in the shape of a thick hemlock with its glossy green foliage that had such a delightful scent bumpus knew it well because on numerous occasions the scouts had plucked masses of similar brows to make the ground feel easier where they slept if they had to climb a tree as a last resort this hemlock would offer all the advantages they wished why bumpus could even remember how eli had told of an adventure that had befallen him along somewhat similar lines and how in order not to fall from his perch in the crotch of a tree he tied himself there by means of some stout cord he happened to have along bumpus felt all through his pockets again and was grievously disappointed not to discover a hank of fishing cord Seems like I'm just out of everything that a feller's apt to want when he gets in a bad pickle like this, he grumbled. Catch me being in such a hole again. Why, I'm going to make it the point of my life to always carry a plenty of matches along and a line that would be strong enough to hold a feller if I had to use it. How would Jim fished up his gun and shot them wolves like he told us? If so be he didn't tear his shirt into strips and made a rope with a loop at the end to slip over the end of his rifle line on the ground. Next time I get the chance, I'm going to fix a nice clothesline and wrap it around me every time I go out in the woods. Never know how handy such things might come in. Wonder how Giraffe's getting along with the sawing. But I don't dare say another word, or he'll be so mad he might break his silly old bow on my back. He walked toward the spot where he could see the dim figure of the industrious fire-worshipper bending low over at his labor. Again, Bumpus sank down to the ground. Although he was shivering with the cold, he did not dare swing his arms around as before, lest it make him remember how hungry he was. Sitting there, he listened to the breeze sighing among the branches of the pines, and to his excited mind it was actually laughing at the predicament of the wretched chums something else came stealing to his hearing something that made bumpus suddenly sit up hold his breath and strain his senses trying to locate the direction from which it seemed to spring and at the same time guess the nature of the sound i wonder now was that a wildcat growling he asked himself the thought was so disquieting owing to the gathering gloom that he could not help reaching out his hand toward the heavy marlin that he had temporarily laid on the ground nearby While the sound, whatever it may have been, was not repeated, so far as Bumpus could tell, still he felt far from satisfied about it. What if the sly old cat was at that very moment creeping up on them? For all they knew it might be close by just then, inching its way along, just as he had watched a tame tabby do at home when trying to steal upon a sparrow it wanted for its dinner. Bumpus became quite nervous over the thought he drew back the hammers of his double barrel and began to look around him all sorts of stories that he had heard told from time to time about these bob-tailed cats of the pine woods with their cousin the lynx that had tassels on its ears now floated before his mind naturally they did not tend to ease the strain under which he was laboring for where he had before only imagined he could see one pair of yellow eyes staring at him from out of the gloom He now began to see them everywhere. Why, the woods must be full of the creatures, and they were going to set upon the unfortunate scouts to make a meal for that cold night. And another thing gave Bumpus great uneasiness. There was no use of trying to get away from this army of yellow eyes by climbing that hemlock, since cats were as much at home in any kind of tree as on the ground. No wonder Bumpus shivered now with something more than the cold air they were certainly up against it good and hard and if ever they saw tad and the rest of the scouts again how happy they should be why didn't giraffe quit his fooling with that silly old beau and take to thinking up some scheme that was worth while it seemed the height of foolishness for him to be wasting all his time with that ridiculous fire making dodge that never could be done anyway bumpus was almost tempted to stumble forward and pretend to fall over his kneeling figure just to upset things and make giraffe come to his proper senses he would only he was a little afraid that the tall scout might be so furious that he would do something violent for he was getting awful touchy on the subject of making a fire in that way if i could only make dead sure of one of them yellow eyes i'd like to knock the beast over bumpus was muttering to himself and then he rubbed his eyes with his knuckles as if trying to see better after which he said disconsolately it ain't no use They just keep dancing all around me. Perhaps there ain't any cats there at all. Perhaps I'm just imagining things like my dad used to say I did when they put me to bed in the dark, telling me the angels was all around me and wouldn't let anything hurt me. But pretty soon, when the Skeeters got busy, I let out a whoop and told them the angels was biting me something awful. Perhaps if I shut my eyes, I'd feel better. But when he started to try this, Bumpus found that it would not work. The agony of not being able to see created new fancies in his mind much more dreadful than those that had gone before. And so the anxious scout crouched there not far from his industrious chum, gripping his gun tightly in both hands and breathing stertorously as he twisted his fat neck around from side to side. He was trying to figure out a line of action to be followed in case the worst came to pass and be it said to his credit that Bumpus was resolved to die game, as became a true scout. At any rate, Giraffe could not keep up that silly business much longer. Either he would just have to give over through complete exhaustion, or else his bally bow, as Bumpus liked to call it, would break, as it had a faculty for doing when the cord became weakened from constant friction. Bumpus only wished that time would hurry along, for he wanted Giraffe to forget about his fad and turn his attention to a more sensible way of getting fire. Now, there must be a way of snapping an emptied shell into a little pile of tinder and catching the spark in some manner. He tried to figure out how it could be done, but Bumpus never was very bright with regard to details, for they confused him, so that he was soon floundering about like a fish out of water or a boy who did not know how to swim when he gets beyond his depth why it was real dark and he could just barely make out the crouching figure of giraffe but that everlasting humming sound still kept up until bumpus thought it would set him crazy now bumpus started on a new tack he tried to imagine the delight of his companion if only he could suddenly remember having thrust a little box of safety matches into his haversack before starting out but he knew it was useless to look for he had certainly done nothing of the sort then, all of a sudden, Bumpus was given an electric shock when Giraffe let out a shrill whoop. for with his mind so filled by visions of armies of wildcats all ready to pounce upon them by and by, Bumpus was in a condition to be startled. He scrambled to his knees and half raised his gun to his shoulder under the full belief that the crisis so long dreaded was at last upon them and they would have to fight desperately for their very lives. End of chapter 20